Welcome to this podcast lesson on the threat landscape in cybersecurity. Now, it's important to understand that with accelerated digital innovation, it's really a double-edged sword that hangs over the cybersecurity threat landscape. As companies rapidly pursue digital transformation to complete, they can expose more of their business to cybersecurity disruption and theft. The problem is that cyber criminals are innovating in lockstep or in some cases at a greater rate to the security mitigation processes that are happening. For every major new technology being deployed in the business world from artificial intelligence, AI, to disruption ledger technology, to the internet of things, Corresponding exploits and malware are being pushed into production in the world of cybercrime, with data poisoning, cryptojacking and malicious chips amongst the latest to emerge. Companies and governments today are more alert to cyber risk, more deliberate in raising their defensive, more collaborative in exploring solutions. In short, they are more aggressively seeking to turn the tide. Now, that's not easy. Little relief was seen back in 2018 from the kinds of exploits that have burdened companies for years. Despite investments in security technology and enterprise-wide cyber policies, companies and businesses are being finding that their data is being stolen on the account of information and employee credentials that are being used and identities being forged to breach their networks with means such as phishing, credential stuffing and call centre fraud being some of the most highly ranked cases. Now in this world of cybercrime there are many different areas that we need to be aware of. One of the biggest things to emerge in recent years is cryptojacking. As we know the word of cryptocurrencies it evolves from that. Now as cryptocurrencies continue to grow 2019, in essence, saw an outbreak of crypto jacking, uh, as well as continued breaches of cryptocurrency exchanges. In one report by the American government, detections of illicit cryptocurrency mining, basically using companies' hardware to process and power the actual mining of data in cryptocurrencies, increased by 459% between 2018 and 2019. Now, just to break that into smaller chunks for you to understand, um, cryptocurrencies are often mined from hardware. Um, many people call themselves cryptocurrency miners. You know, they find Bitcoin and relevant other types of coins out there by having huge processes that search the internet for currencies. Now, in order to be really good at this, you need to have a lot of hardware, which is obviously expensive. So what this report is saying, that cyber criminals are actually hacking into companies' own servers and own drives, their own hardware, to mine data off their systems illegally. So this is where the criminal has gained access into a company's system and illegally processing cryptocurrencies and mining for them without people even knowing. And this is of course set to continue in the fast paced digital world that we now live in. 
other areas to be aware of and more, more recent types of cybercrime on the threat landscape include data poisoning. Now, let's have a look at that in more detail because machine learning and AI are amongst the new technologies poised to expand companies' potential attack surface with an unprecedented rate. Without a thorough understanding of cyber risks, companies may put their operations, customers and the customer's data at risk as they develop AI-based products and act on AI-based insights. Machine learning and AI are amongst the new technologies poised to expand companies' potential attacks. Now, let's have a look at that in more detail. AI and machine learning, the big buzzwords in companies right now, and companies seeking to be the next, you know, billion dollar unicorn, often seek to have machine learning and AI processes within them. Now, this could be a very simple machine learning on AI process of communication. For example, maybe a bot being used uh, within a bank, you know, when you often think you're speaking to someone on those little chat functions, it may be AI or, or machine learning technology. Now, machine learning and AI only is as good as the data that it's trained from. So if a company wants to set up a machine learning project, they have to train the machine like, you know, a human training a baby or a child, let's just say. The child's brain will only learn certain words, colours, sentences through education, right? And essentially what happens in machine learning and artificial intelligence is you have this machine, but it's not going to be able to learn unless you train it. Now, what data are you training it with? You know, you may have to train it with customers' data. It, it depends on what the outcome of the machine learning project is. Um, but if you want to know about, say you've got a, you're building a machine that can respond to customers' complaints, you know, in a department store, right? So you're training this machine to be able to answer questions that someone might phone or message in. So with that, they need to be able to understand problems, you're going to have to train it with real people's voices going into the system. Um, and this machine's going to have, at some point, access to someone's data. Um, now, if you don't fully understand the risks that are involved when setting up a piece of machine learning or artificial intelligence, a cyber criminal could find the vulnerabilities in your system, hack into it, and use that to get to your customer's data. So that's where data poisoning manipulating the data come in. Now, data poisoning actually happens where um, the data is changed to benefit the hacker. So imagine now that someone's gone into the machine. They've not stolen the data, but they've actually used the data to manipulate it, to change it for their own benefit, right? So imagine if that was a competitor, they would want your machine to say the wrong things or do the wrong things. Now that could have disastrous effects, especially, you know, looking at med tech. Imagine if you had an AI um, machine that was giving out um, diagnosis, for example, you know, that could have really catastrophic effects on that. So data poisoning doesn't just happen with machine learning and AI. Let's sort of look at the bigger picture, but it's vulnerabilities in machine learning and AI allows the data to be changed, to be poisoned 
which means that your machine and your company is giving out the wrong information. And that's quite scary uh, to look at, right? Um, you know, I mean, not just in artificial intelligence, but imagine if someone, um, a country or another company had hacked into your med tech, your medical healthcare organization and changed, you know, the dosage of medicine or the actual medicine that a doctor needs to give to a patient. That could lead to more deaths and fatalities than actually another war. So if a country or a company wants to really create devastation and poison the data to create something horrific from it, that could happen. Now, lot, all of you are going to be working in those medical situations. But just imagine if your data was changed to benefit the other person. It could be something as simple as a, a customer service operation to a business operation. There are huge disastrous effects from data poisoning. Other areas that we need to be aware of are skill shortages. The available workforce is not keeping pace with technological innovation, both good and bad. The cybersecurity skills shortage has widened to 3 million worldwide and growing. According to a professional cyber certification group um, and more specialised discipline, the bigger the problem, the application and the security is making the problem bigger, essentially. I mean, this is huge, especially just now. I was talking to you about the huge advancements in artificial intelligence, machine learning, more businesses going online. Um, you know, innovation is moving fast, but our teams are not moving with the innovation. Or, let's look at it this way, they are, but they don't know the threats and vulnerabilities. You know, thinking about working at home or, you know, storing data on something as simple as a Microsoft SharePoint might seem secure to you. Uh, but Microsoft SharePoint is one of the most hacked sort of systems. So it's not just that people don't know how to use the innovation in technology because they do, but they don't know the threats and vulnerabilities and it's skills shortages that are causing the biggest problem. We just need to train our staff more. One of the reasons, you know, why you are doing this course and, and trying to visualize this. Other sort of uh, new innovations which can potentially cause big disruption, uh, disruption in more current times, uh, malware on steroids, you know, let's look at ransomware, crypto jacking, destruction malware, um, and the rest of the arsenal used in cybercrime. It's gaining momentum and now, when we say malware on steroids, we have to look at people's increased connectivity with devices. Think of things like the Internet of Things, especially with 4G and now 5G cellular networks being deployed. Um, faster today's connections, these networks become, you know, weaknesses. They become the vulnerabilities and they will continue to be the vulnerabilities in the 2020s. So all the current threats that we have, ransomware, you know, malware, spyware, malware, it's on steroids. The more we connect all of our devices to the Internet, the more we plug into 5G. Now, you know, these are good things to us in society. Technology 5G it helps us to be connected more, but we just have to know the threats and the vulnerabilities more. Now, interesting, just then I mentioned the Internet of Things, uh, but what exactly do I mean when I say the Internet of Things? Um, 
In the broadest sense, the term Internet of Things encompasses everything connected to the Internet, but it's increasingly being used to define objects that talk to each other. Simply, the Internet of Things is made up of devices. From a simple sensor to a smartphone and wearables, everything's connected together. So in essence, all these connected devices go into sharing data. But why do connected devices need to share the data? Well, the argument has been raised that only because something can be connected to the internet, it doesn't mean that it should be. But each device collects data for a specific person. That may be useful to a buyer or a wider economy. Now, the Internet of Things can be made up of many different compartments, and one of the biggest growing areas of everything being connected to the Internet are through smart homes and smart cities. These words are coming about now more and more often as economies grow. Smartphones uh, and Internet of Things is having devices in your home that may help you repeat a shopping order or something that may know that when you're running out of something and, and remind you to buy it. You know, these connections are connected to your shopping accounts, which then go to connect things like bank cards, credit cards. Also, let's look at vehicles as part of the Internet of Things. Uh, you know, things like renting scooters and cars within our cities are often done so by scanning tools, QR codes, which allows you to unlock it. Again, devices which are connected to your account and personal billing information. So it's those things that can cause the biggest vulnerabilities now as our devices are more and more connected to our personal information and data. So to take away, it's easy to take your ball off given the complexity in both technological innovation and the cybersecurity threat landscape. It's more important than ever to ensure that continued focus on your cybersecurity strategic plans and making adjustments based on the evolving threat landscape so you're prepared to prevent, detect, remitigate all those cybersecurity issues. The cybersecurity threat landscape is forever changing. So what becomes popular on the threat landscape right now may not be the same next year. So that's what we're saying here. Keep your eye on the ball. You know, this is where risk registers, planning and understanding takes place. The more and more our homes and workplaces are connected to the internet, the more vulnerabilities there potentially are. And really, that's what we're trying to tell you within this course. You know, this isn't a cybersecurity course if you have the IT background. We just want you to be aware to put your manager's hat on, you know, your risk management. In business, we do risk analysis and risk management all the time you know, on financial performance, objectives, target setting, but we're not doing enough on cybersecurity. And, and to be honest with you, it's putting those same principles in and applying them to the cybersecurity world. Especially now, uh, in an era of working from home, you know, a new study of cybersecurity experts by Gartner found that analysts are most concerned about the rapidly evolving threat landscape, which has changed exponentially since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Gartner conducted uh, the Security and AIM Solution Adoption Trend Survey online between March and April of 2020. 
taking in responses from 405 experts in North America, Western Europe and the South Asia Pacific regions. All the respondents are in charge of risk management and work for enterprises that have had annual revenue of more than 500 billion. Now from this, and just this year, cyber criminals have used the pandemic and changed changes to the nature of work to unleash a wave of spam, malware, phishing scams, coronavirus-related business and email compromise attempts, SMS phishing, and credential theft attacks. This really important survey also found that respondents were seeing an increased amount of activity from advanced persistent threats um, originating from nation states. So it's not just hackers now, it's hackers working for states which are trying to make compromises within our systems. Just before we move on, I, I mentioned there, you know, to unleash a wave of spam, malware, phishing scams, SMS phishing, these are big. I mean, I see them myself so, so much. Even even today, I got an SMS phishing, like an SMS phishing scam uh, about a parcel that I'd not picked up and to click on this link. You know, I know I don't have those parcels, right? I know my parcels really come from Amazon or through a, a business account. Now, you and me, we be made be clued up on this, but not all of our staff members are. Um, phishing attacks are the most common cause of getting into a, into a system and a member of staff only has to be able to um, click on a link um, and potentially a hacker has access to it and I'm so increasingly worried you know um, about all these people now working from home and not understanding these vulnerabilities um, in a way and I and I play homage to there are good Dropbox softwares out there like um, Dropbox or SharePoint, but they're not secure. People think because they're attached to, say, a big brand like Microsoft, they're secure. They're not. You know, we really have to... The only way to avoid, you know, certain things happening is, is to look at sort of GDPR and data protection laws where it does ask the question, do you really need to be collecting that data? You know, let's just look at the thing of if you have to see ID, um, passport, driving license or something like that. What might have happened in the past is someone may have sent you a picture of it. Now, you then have that picture in your system. But do you actually really need it? Do you just need to see the ID to which this whole thing could be eliminated by someone just showing you their ID to a webcam? You don't have to physically take a copy of it. You may do, you may not, I don't know. But that's just one solution of do we really need to collect the data or do someone of authority just need to see it and tick a box to say they've seen it? Because, you know, there are millions of people working from home now and they don't have the protection um, maybe from the firewall that they had in the office, all right? They're on their own Wi-Fi at home, um, using their own devices, which they may also take on holiday with them. So then you also have to think of, okay, should we really be giving staff our own company devices as well? That's what we need to think about. Okay, so with millions of people working from home, enterprises are now forced to protect or exponentially larger attack surface. And survey respondents said the number of exposed virtual private networks 
and remote desktop protocols had increased greatly. That's what I'm saying. All of the digital workplace solutions that were implemented to supplement the loss of in-person workspaces around COVID-19 spurred new threat vectors and security teams had no choice but to create entirely new methods of protecting remote endpoints as well as managing patches. Before the pandemic, most enterprises designed their risk appetites around the assumption that remote working was the exception rather than the norm, Care said in this statement. When the scenario is flipped, risks such as always on VPNs and bring your own devices, which were previously lower priority from security leaders, suddenly became top of the mind. This forced security teams to rapidly reassess their enterprise's risk landscape and deploy new solutions and policies accordingly. Uh, so look, you know, what was probably low priority from you right now, someone working from home on the odd occasion is now a high priority, right? The fact that they're checking their emails on their mobile phones and at home on, on, the, on a VPN or their own personal Wi-Fi is a high risk. And that should be made apparent when you're going to do your risk registers uh, within this course. You know, we want to see examples of you you knowing that people are working from home and that should be apparent within your system. So in essence, the cybersecurity threat landscape is huge and always changing. The cybersecurity threat landscape basically means the current threats um, around the world that could be linked to your business and it's always changing. You know, the threat landscape of 2020 has increased massively. So it's just important for you to understand what they are, the risks are, and to always be looking out, to always be doing research. Even after you finish this course, you need to carry on understanding, you know, join a cybersecurity institute or something like that, where you get regular news bulletins, updates, um, and various things that you can keep in the know with. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast lesson. And I hope to speak to you and teach you more soon.